Happy day. I'm Eliza Blass, your storyteller. I'm raising two very unique kids, both suffering from conditions like anxiety, depression, ADHD, OCD, and more. Just when I thought life couldn't get any harder, the universe dropped a big old lemon on us in the form of Lyme disease. Since my darkest days, I have healed, and I know our stories have more gratitude than grievance. Meet more inspirational storytellers and self-healers right here. Let's heal one story at a time. Happy day. Welcome to episode 49 of Very Happy Stories. Okay, I know that we feel that life is hard. A lot of days... Life can be so hard, and you are not alone in feeling this way. But sometimes, friends, we need a reminder from someone else who's in the trenches that life is hard, but it can still be fun and joyful and funny, and we always have to have hope. And I haven't met anyone who does this better than my friend Krista Nanos. Krista Nanos is an actor, writer, and advocate for those living with invisible illnesses. She is also now a best-selling author of the book Tic Tac, It's Lime O'Clock, A Warrior's Guide to Reclaiming Health and Happiness. Her book just launched last week and it debuted at number one on Amazon as a new release. We actually recorded this podcast uh, maybe three weeks ago. And since that time, she is now a number one best-selling author on Amazon. Who knew? I did. Her story today is so inspiring. We're going to, of course, talk about Lyme, but also things like parasites and resilience and energy work. It's been a big game changer in her journey and also in my son's journey. I highly recommend Krista's book. Be sure to see the link in today's show notes where you can get her book, Tick Tock. It's Lyme O'Clock. It's a quick read. And it's super practical. So without further ado, this is Krista's Very Happy Story. Happy day. Welcome, Krista, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this. It's so wonderful to finally have a conversation and see you in person because all the work we've done, you know, on Clubhouse, it's just audio. It's just, it's, this is a great vibe. I'm so happy to do this interview with you today. Oh my gosh. Me too. You're so beautiful and radiant and this is going to be great. <laughs> so, and so are you, my friends. I got a copy of your book and <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it. And there's so much to unpack there, but I really wanted to introduce you to my audience because I really look up to you as such an inspirational being of resilience and just getting through, you know, the hardest of hard times with like joy and truth and just the good, the bad, the ugly. I so admire that about you. Thank you. (laughs) Truly. And I mean that. Tell everyone a little bit about your story and your challenges. Who is Krista Nano? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll keep it brief a little bit, but I got a long story. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I have been battling chronic Lyme disease for around 13 years now, but I was misdiagnosed for 10 and a half of those years. Wow. So I've been fighting like unknown chronic illness for a long time. Uh, and I was actually bit by a tick as a child, like 23 years ago, had some symptoms as a kid, but for the most part had a very normal and happy, healthy childhood and symptoms were dormant. And then something was triggered in college. I saw over 20 specialists over those 10 years. Everyone said, you're fine. It's all in your head. Or it's, oh, you just have candida. You just have SIBO. I had a lot of gut issues going on, mm-hmm. which I now know yeah. have been parasites, which has been fun. Um, <sighs> but yeah, just a lot of like misdiagnosis happening for a decade. And finally, two years ago, January, 2020, I got diagnosed with Lyme, uh, chronic Lyme, had more bands present than my doctor had ever seen CDC positive. Are you serious? See, Despite- like that's a huge deal in the Lyme world to be yep. CDC positive, meaning you had enough bands to light you up positive is, is a big yeah. deal. And the fact that the tick bite was like 20 plus years ago and I was still mm. so present CDC positive yeah. everything, but not that it really matters because not like insurance covered any treatments anyways, which is a whole another oh thing, gosh. but yeah. yeah, basically my story now has been got diagnosed two years ago. I've been in treatments for the past two years. I did about six weeks of hyperthermia, um, yep. induced fevers, which was brutal. A lot of detoxing, a lot of IVs about six months later was exposed to some mold. We think then I ended up passing my first parasite naturally on my own, wasn't taking any kind of medications, ended up in the ER because I thought I had appendicitis or something. I was in so much pain. Oh my gosh. And there was a a worm in the toilet and I go to the ER and the doctor's like, you don't have parasites. (laughs) I'm like, what is that? (laughs) Um, They were like, nah, you're fine. (laughs) What is that worm? Like a worm's a worm. And so- Then I did some treatments with that a little bit with a holistic doctor in LA, didn't do it for long enough, um, which is a common misconception that people don't understand. Like parasite treatment isn't just three weeks and you're done, which I thought at the time I followed his advice. Then I got COVID. (laughs) Oh my God. And it re-triggered Lyme. For me, I then had an IgM infection afterwards. So it was like everything was acute, very, very active again, immediately went back into Lyme treatments. This time I did like IV antibiotics, IV ozone, hit it really, really hard. Um, so hard that I took an Epsom Epsom salt bath one night and I looked down, I had black gump gunk pouring out of my pores from my feet to my my face, black, like tar like stuff was coming out of my pores and I would wipe it off. And it was like mascara and it wouldn't come off for about four hours just black stuff. We now think it was mold toxicity, but at the time my Lyme doctor was like, it's Morgellons disease, which is a very rare form of Lyme disease in the skin. So I stopped all those treatments, got put on different antibiotics, two more oral ones, just my health tanked. Like I got worse and worse. So I eventually, I left that doctor, took a break, (laughs) then started doing energy healing, which has been a huge game changer in my healing journey as well as parasite treatments. I've been doing daily parasite treatments for seven months now. And that's been 
I think the number one, because I've passed like 30 tapeworms that are like three to four Holy feet long each. What? Yeah. No, like massive, massive. Um, <laughs> Where parasite. do you think you got, were you like a huge sushi eater? Where did no, you get all the parasites? Never. So definitely got Babesia from the tick originally. And if you have Babesia, you're more susceptible to worm-like parasites. Oh, I didn't know that. Dr. Horowitz talks about that in his book, but I went to Guatemala in college and everything. This is kind of around the same time you got sick. Got extremely ill stomach wise, saw an infectious disease specialist right afterwards. And he was like, you don't have parasites. You're fine. Literally kicked me out of the office. I was 19 with my mom. He was like, you don't need to be here. And I was like, I just got back from Guatemala. So I think I've had these parasites really since then. Um, and they've just been breeding. So, oh my God. Yeah. Almost 13 years. Wow. It's a shame. So it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's a shame. And so, gosh, your story really reminds me of my daughter's story of it's just one thing after another. Lime is just an onion. You peel back one layer and you keep finding more things. <laughs> So I know it's so interesting. I had a conversation with someone um, recently where it is an onion and I started realizing that it's not that she, in my case, in our case, in my daughter's case, it's not that one thing then would happen. And then another thing would happen. It's almost like, I think for a long time, she had this big load, but Mm. we're just not being informed about it because Mm -hmm. once you heal one layer, it lets the other layer be present and then you clear that layer and then another little, you know, thing peers its little head out. So the big question I want to know from you is Mm -hmm. how do you keep going Mm -hmm. where, and I know you talk about this in your book, but there's a lot of things that you practice. Yeah. Or, and there are certain mindsets that yeah. you go to, to sustain you through this journey. There's, there's a lot of pain. There's a yeah. lot of grief. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about that. Who do you need to be when you are going through this stuff? Warrior woman. It is very challenging. I stay very positive and hopeful and people look up to me for that. But at the same time, like I want people to know that like, I have days where I am just crying. I am stuck in bed. I am angry at the world. I'm angry at life. I moved home on this healing journey, uh, summer 2021 of June. I moved home now with my parents. I've been here for the past seven months healing. You know, I'm 31 years old. Like I don't want to be living at home with mom and dad, but I've really, put my health first. And this time at home now has really allowed me to focus on healing. It's not been easy, especially because I'm hundred percent focusing on it, hitting parasites way harder and faster than some people probably could. Cause I'm not working too, but I'm like those days, those, those herxing days, those weeks, it, it's, it's rough, but I think, you know, having hope kept, keeps me going. I have faith, you know, I'm Christian that helps me. Not everyone has that. And that's totally fine. But I think knowing that these symptoms 
and these flare ups, they're going to pass. It always does. No, I, I've been dealing with, you know, Lyme. Now I know it's Lyme, but really undiagnosed chronic illness for over a decade of my life yeah. for 13 years about now. I just know it always passes the, the pain, those, those miserable days where it feels like if you're going to endure this forever, like you're never going to see the, the light again, it will always yeah. pass. I don't know exactly when, sometimes it's a day, sometimes it's a couple of days, sometimes it's a week or so. Now that I'm, I've done so much healing work, it really isn't that long. It's usually the most a day. And I'm super grateful for that. Knowing that having that mindset that there are healthier days ahead. There are people that are healing from this, from a yeah. multitude of treatments, you know, holistically has been the most beneficial for me with parasite treatments too, and energy healing, but I'm looking at other people and they're getting better. And, you know, I hope that I continue to get better to hundred percent, and then I can help inspire other people to do that. But, you know, but I wrote my book and um, I have like a proof copy right here. Physical. I love copy. it. <laughs> Um, which is so exciting, but I wrote this book really when I was sick too, like going through treatments. I am very open and honest about that. I want people to know that like, I'm with you on this journey throughout this book. I am not in remission yet. And I'm going to share everything I've learned. That's really the most important part. You had just said it. You said you don't have to be healed and over Mm -hmm. it to help people. Mm-mm. you can help people wherever you are in your journey. And I'm even talking to like the people listening today, you know, I think whatever you're going through, whether it's a yeah. transformation or a really hard time, you still have service. You still like, there's such a contribution yeah. you can make to other people, even still in it. And that's what I love. And, and I think that the truth and that honesty really translates mm-hmm. and really hits the people that you need to, to reach with your message. Thank you. I think also, um, I want people to know that this is a choice I make. I really choose to be happy. I choose to have hope. It is not easy. And, you know, you go through these really, really dark periods and I don't let that take me over. I have to choose to be happy on those days. And sometimes, you know, it's crying it out for a bit. Like I don't, pretend I don't feel things. I don't have toxic positivity, which I think is important to note. There's a huge difference. Like I really feel my emotions. There are days where, yeah. What is toxic positivity? I think toxic positivity, um, you'll see a lot of it on social media. And it's kind of like this like phrase that goes around, but it's basically just faking it a lot, faking happiness, faking it till you make it like, that's okay. There's a fine line with that. I talk a little bit about that in my book too, but I really think actually feeling the joy and feeling the happiness, even in those really dark times, that's when you're really going to get healed. It's not pretending to be happy every day. That's not going to help you in the long run. It's like, feel your emotions, understand what's going on. Know that, yeah, it sucks. It's just a really shitty time, but you're not alone. Choosing to overcome that is really important. And the positive mindset for me hasn't always been easy. I have to continue to tell myself like this will get better. I am going to get healed and I'm going to choose something to be grateful for today. Even if it's just getting out of bed, even if it's not getting out of bed and watching a good TV show or calling a friend, surviving the day. Like I just made it another day. I woke up today. 
it doesn't matter how small it is, but like finding something to be grateful for having that gratitude practice, I think can really help with the mindset. I agree so much just on a personal level. You know, my daughter and I traveled to New York last week and made the determination not to continue her IVIG. Mm-hmm. She had been on it and we like thought it was so promising. And the first three months, it was amazing. Mm. And then she kind of took this turn and it's kind of like antibiotic treatment. Like, I don't know if yeah. we went too long or I don't know if it just then mm. had some other side effects. And I think we both felt defeated and deflated and then mm. made the decision, which was really hard to make the decision to yeah. not continue, especially yeah. when your insurance pays for it. You like, you yeah. like messes up with your mind, you mm-hmm. know, like if they're deeming it necessary, then we yeah. should do it. But then you really have to like, give yourself the permission to honor your body. And I think we both fell into like a 48 hour black hole and then the sun lifts and it lifts yeah, it off does. the clouds and you got to keep does. going. But there yep. is like that moment where you just have to like feel the feel grief. It. Oh, a hundred percent. And pivoting is really hard. It is. Our bodies are also different. I write about that in my book too. Like there are so many different treatments out there, but our bodies are going to respond differently to each treatment. It's all trial and error. There is no cookie cutter. Here's how you heal chronic Lyme disease. There is no path like that. And we all want that magic pill. We all want that. You want that for your daughter. Like we, we crave it, but at the same time, it doesn't exist right now. And all we can do is keep moving forward changing treatments and looking back on something that maybe didn't work can be really challenging too. Cause like I did those six weeks of hyperthermia, um, immunotherapy. It was a special type of hyperthermia. It's been two years now. Like I was like, I'm going to be better after that time. In hindsight, I wish I had treated parasites first because they've been such a huge issue for me, but like, I can't go back in time. Everything is happening, you know, on my path for a purpose. I don't know if anything, everything fully happens for a reason. Like I always feel conflicted by that. And I think it, people feel weird by that phrase because like, I wasn't meant to be chronically ill. It's not fair. This is happening, but I think our healing journeys are not linear. It's so up and down, but looking back as well, like I might not be in the position I am now, if I hadn't done those six weeks of hyperthermia, because maybe that fully got rid of a lot of the Lyme. And the parasites weren't even holding that much Borrelia. Like, I'm not quite sure. It's so true. And you talk about that in your book. I love Mm -hmm. the honesty because it's a real thing where a patient and a caregiver can, you're always going to question yourself. The world of Lyme is not cookie cutter. Just like you said, it's not, you don't get a pro, you don't get like the book. There is no like standard, you know, it's, it's not like you have cancer. It's very different. And the people that say there is like, you need to be wary of that. I had a lot of doctors say, you're going to be healed. This is how you do it. And then it's just, no, you have to become your biggest advocate, your own doctor in this world. Mm -hmm. You do. And there's a lot of empowerment that comes along in the journey of healing. And so I I read that you had wrote that in your book of some things don't work, but you're not going to be a place to like regret that or Mm -hmm that's not going to serve you. You know, it's just every, there's a time and a place Hmm. 
to treat certain things in a certain way. And that's just your journey. It's just the journey. It's hard. It's a lot of money, I think is the problem too. Uh, you know, we look back. Money, and it messes up your mindset too. It if does. you could remove money, it would be, it's, and that, so that's different. just like the IVIG to be like, mm-hmm. but the insurance is paying for this. It's so much yep. money. We should continue. And having, and like my daughter and I sitting down and making the decision of like, but that's okay. We're not, we're not going to do it. And yeah. it, it, that, that was hard. So hard. Moving back here has been very hard. And, you know, come January, I'm going to pack up my apartment in LA and actually move back here to Pennsylvania. We've been holding on to it for seven months because I wanted to go back. I want to live on my own. I want to do that, you know, career stuff, a lot of shifting. I'm not quite sure of my yeah. future. I'm living in this very unknown area, but that's kind of what chronic Lyme disease is. It's what this healing journey is. It's so unknown and I'm totally surrendering to the process. There is, there's a lot of acceptance, a lot of letting Mm -hmm. go, a lot of surrendering. I know you even have like a whole chapter in your book on that. Have you ever thought I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal and everyone at my company, the sound off podcast network had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. One of the things that you had said that has really helped in your journey is going after parasites, but then you mentioned energy work. Mm-hmm. and energy medicine. So the reason why I wanted to bring it up is that has been the biggest game changer for my son. I love it. I mean, out of anyone in my house, he has recovered the most. Wow. And the difference is in protocols is he is the one in my house that's opened to the energy work. And we do a lot of it when he's sleeping, even for the very first time in my life, Krista, I got a call from the school for him. And I was like, oh God, what? And they're like, we just wanted to tell you he's doing amazing. Oh, love to hear that. I know. So tell everyone, I want to just shine some light on this because for the people that this does resonate with, it's a real game changer. Tell Mm -hmm. us about your experience with energy medicine and what you're doing and how you use it. Well, I think what you said too, is the fact that your son is open to it. I think that's really important to note because I did a lot of energy healing before I got diagnosed with Lyme and it didn't work. And I don't know that I was fully open to it. Um, It didn't feel right it didn't feel like the time was right. I I was just going to say, maybe it was the timing. Yeah. I knew there was something else going on. Like I needed to find the root, which has been Lyme and parasites for me. And once I was able to have that, um, that diagnosis for whatever reason, then doing energy healing after the fact has been monumental in my healing journey. So I've done a couple of different techniques. Mainly I work with an energy healer who clears food allergies for the past 12, 13 years. I thought (laughs) I just had all these food allergies and it kept getting worse and worse and worse. There was one year 
I think where I was down to eating like a handful of almonds, some celery sticks, like an egg white. I was like, I can't eat anything. <sighs> Everything makes me sick. And I had a couple of years off and on that, that would happen. And doctors would be like, I think it's just in your head. In college, when this all started, they were like, well, maybe you have an eating disorder. Like, how do you feel about your body? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I want to be <laughs> right. eating the pizza. I'm in college. Right. I'm stuck eating carrots. Like, I don't know what's going on with my body. <laughs> right. And, right. you know, I found this woman and she clears food allergies energetically. And I eat wow. dairy now. Full on. I'm so jealous. <laughs> full cheese, full yogurt, full milk, everything, no reactions. Um, and I hadn't had dairy and I hadn't had milk in 12 years. I cut that out, but I was off and on with cheese and things. Um, and then I, yeah, hadn't had that in probably the past like four years. And I'm fully eating that again every day. It's amazing. I, finally understand that people can have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I didn't know that for the last like 12, 13 years. I just was never hungry. My stomach always hurt. I would eat a granola bar that would last. I would have one granola bar until like two o'clock in the afternoon and maybe some coffee. And it wasn't because I didn't want to eat. I couldn't like, it didn't, I just didn't understand if someone could wake up and actually be hungry. Um, yeah. My, my meal would be dinner. And that's wow. not normal. It's not normal, yeah. but I used to live that right. way all the time. So that's been crazy for me. We also cleared gluten the other week. I haven't tried it yet because it's been 12 years with that, but I've done like all other types of grains, meats again, eggs, uh, dairy, wow. everything. And I feel great. And I that's amazing. It's just, it's been huge. So she's been incredible. The healing process with her has not been easy. The detox symptoms sometimes feel like a hoax. It's wild because you're like, this yeah. is energy healing. I just want to feel better, but it's kind of like Lyme treatments. It's like, sometimes there are some negative effects. You just got to push through, get through it, take your binders, rest, listen to your body. But I also do um, mind body spirit release, which is another type of energy healing. And that's really helped me with the parasites. It's a lot of releasing trapped emotions. And I know we've both done the emotion code. A bit yes, too. the emotion code. Yep. So releasing great. trapped emotions. Because what it is is, and especially for a child and an mm -hmm. adult, you have you can have these trapped emotions locked into your body. And as much as you work through psychotherapy and mm -hmm. mind over matter, some of this stuff is really happening at a subconscious level. You can work with someone to release that, or you can release it on yourself. Is it's that amazing. a practice that you're yes, doing? Yes, I am doing it. I got the emotion code book honestly, maybe about a month ago. And it's been crazy. It's so cool to learn how to muscle test yourself and really feel like you have power. It's it great. It's so empowering. It's, it's so, so empowering. empowering. I still work with my other energy healers and do the mind, body, spirit release. There's something with it. Uh, I, I don't feel a hundred percent confident in myself and also to like to heal someone else yet, but I am learning. Yeah. Just, you know, working with these energy healers, surrendering to it, being open to the healing benefits has been huge for me, but there was so much blocking, you know, with it before also growing up in a family that's kind of conservative military. I'm not, but my family is, and growing up in that environment was very, um, you know, Western based medicine. 
anything energy healing is automatically considered woo-woo. Or against your religion. Against a lot of things and just very um, unknown, I think. And the unknown is scary for a lot of people. And yes. you kind of have to really listen to your own intuition and see like, is this going to be beneficial for me? Can I get on board? Can I try this? So much of this is trial and error. And we have to just sometimes try something. By the time you get to energy medicine in the journey, you have really flexed that muscle of yes. trial and error. <laughs> Done so much already. <laughs> <laughs> you really, you really kind of built your endurance yeah. on there is no such thing as failure. It's just yeah. learning. And that's all it is. I'm right there with you. I think it's really powerful, but you really do have to get referrals for the yes. right people. Cause mm -hmm. just like any practitioner, you know, there's good ones and bad ones, and people you mesh with and people you don't. So yeah. One of the things I love about you that we haven't touched upon is you're the funniest comedian <laughs> actress out there. Thank you. And like looked at your stuff on YouTube. It's so funny. Do you think that that side of you, like that laughter, the creativity, how has that helped you in your journey? Well, it's so um, funny because, you know, I was in LA for the last 10 years, really pursuing this career in comedy acting. And I made my own web series, um, you know, started in it, wrote it, musical comedy, like really hitting this hard, but I was sick the whole time. And people didn't know that I was on set and I was just sick, so sick, so fatigued. And I just put on this face. We do it. Even if you're not an actor, we become actors. We are going to yes. win. You know, we have Oscar winning performances. If you have chronic Lyme disease, no one would know it's an invisible illness for the most part. And we all become, yeah, these actors because we need to survive. We put on this face, um, this mask, I like to call it. And, and then my health really started to decline. I finally got diagnosed. And then I started making funny videos about it. And it kind of just transitioned over into becoming a big advocate in the community and using my, my skill sets to now help other people but I really had no plan to do this. It all happened very naturally and organically. I also am making a documentary about my journey. And I started, I started filming when I did hyperthermia treatments immediately um, on my phone. I have a six minute trailer out on YouTube. Uh, right now it's called Chronically Krista, When Life Gave Me Lime. When life gives you Lyme, <laughs> look, it's been a year. Yeah. I can't even remember. <laughs> I'm transitioned out of my book, TikTok. It's Lyme o'clock. But you know, I really just, I'm a storyteller. I will always be an actor. I don't really know exactly my future career rise right now because I'm like, I just want to get healthy. But I'm a storyteller. And I really feel like, you know, two years ago, I decided it's time to tell my story. I used to always tell other people's stories you know, pretend I was someone else. And now it's, it's my time. Like my story is more important to share right now. So much more important and resonates with so many people because your videos are funny. The TikToks, the reels, I mean, they're hysterical. They really impact a lot of people. You're vulnerable to oh, I get so put yourself much out there. You, yeah. <laughs> I get so many internet trolls. You know, it was like, I want to say within 24 hours or so, definitely within a couple of days of finding out that diagnosis of chronic Lyme disease, posting about it. And then someone, some internet person is like, but that doesn't exist. 
you're making it all up. It's all in your head. And I'm like, I was told that for the past 10 years and now I have a diagnosis and I'm still being told it. It blows my mind. I still get a lot of haters on my TikToks. I do. Um, It's just something that happens. People don't understand Lyme. I I don't know. There are just people that are very sad. And I think everyone is hurting in the world. We're either healing from hurt, we're hiding from it, or pain. I want to say everyone has dealing with pain, you know, healing from it, hiding from it, hurting from it. People are going through a lot. And some people need to like put others down in order to feel better about themselves. But I definitely had a learning curve with that when I was first diagnosed and first posting about it. The hate comments really took me out. Like I took it very personally because you are very vulnerable. Um, Yeah. And this is my own story now. Yeah, it is personal. It's so personal. It can't not be, but you do develop thick skin, especially as an actor, a lot of rejection, a lot of negativity and toxic people that you encounter and you just got to brush it off. They're not your people. You know, you find your tribe, you find your, your, your close people. And I hope that my videos help others and that they make them laugh. They might make other people feel whatever. And they're not my people. They're not my targeted audience. Yeah. No, you're so, so right. So your book, what is the name of your title again? And when is it out? When can people get it? Yeah. So it's called TikTok. It's Lime O'Clock, A Warrior's Guide to Reclaiming Health and Happiness. That's like the subtitle. I think your book does not just help Lime Warriors. I think so much of it is helpful through life challenges. I mean, especially that whole section on healing is not linear and all the things that we talked about. Yeah. You know, it has four sections. I know you've browsed through it, but I really wanted to write something, you know, a book that I wish I had had when I was first diagnosed. And I do think the topics resonate with a lot of people more than just Lyme disease, but the first section is my story. The second section is navigating the medical system, which has been such a journey for me over the past decade. That's where I feel like I learned so much. Like, yeah. I feel like I got my MBA in navigation. <laughs> through, <laughs> I love that. this journey. I feel yeah. like if you can get through that, you, you really, you can get through anything, you know, and yeah. here you are, like you wrote a book. Wrote I mean, book. you can get through this illness. You yeah. really, you can, you can do Anything. Anything. And, you know, the third section is navigating day-to-day life, which has been, you know, huge for me too, because I was so sick for the past decade and didn't know it. And they were Lyme symptoms and I had to survive. So I have a section on working with Lyme, a section with dating with Lyme, you know, everything that I've encountered, I talk about. And then the last section is to those who don't have it, to our friends and allies, you know, kind of what I wish you would know everything that, you know, we want to say, and we don't always say because it's uncomfortable. Fatigue is not the same thing as being tired. You wouldn't know that until you experience it for yourself. Uh, So I just kind of shed a light on this experience a bit more for like the caregivers. We're not stupid. We have Lyme brain. (laughs) We're not angry. We have Lyme rage. Like there are toxins in our bodies that are dying off. And it's so challenging. You know, my days are so up and down still, and I have to constantly, you know, communicate with my parents and be open and vulnerable and talk about these things. And sometimes we just want to shut down, but I really hope that my book will help others, you know, not shut down and then also help the caregivers 
if the person is shutting down. No, it's so important. I've had to learn so much as a caregiver mm-hmm. and um, really just understand that living in the uncertainty is our reality, but that's okay. Like, it's okay. Like, it's it's actually an illusion to even feel like, you know, there is a plan in your life and yeah. I'm doing this on Tuesday <laughs> and this on Wednesday. I mean, like it's, it's, it really, it's, it's, I've learned so much to just yep. be fluid yep. and be present. That's been like the ba- the greatest gift for, for our family is like really being present Love from this whole entire journey. What do you think has been like the biggest gift or message in your life? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think resilience, I think is huge. I think having that faith, whatever it might be and however that looks for you, but also knowing that like better days are ahead. I think really being able to, you know, go with the flow, like you were saying, but like to keep going, you know, how we started off this podcast, we just have to keep going. And sometimes I need someone to tell me that. Sometimes I can tell myself that I write it in my book for other people. Maybe I can be that voice for them, tell them to keep going. There's no shame in that. I definitely have had really hard mental periods with this die off where it just feels like, you know, you don't matter, but you do, you do. And it's okay if you need someone else to remind you that, but I really think like this has now become so much a part of my purpose in the world to help other people. And it really has allowed me to look at Lyme as a gift. And I would have never thought that, you know, for the last 12, 13 years of being sick, it's a very long time and it's been lonely and so, you know, isolating and up and down, but it's happening so I can help other people. And that helps me get through it too. A hundred percent. I believe that wholeheartedly. Thank you so much, Krista, for sharing your story and your mindset and all of these beautiful messages. I've been so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you felt inspired, please submit a review. More reviews help others find very happy stories. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with someone else you know who could use a very happy story right about now. Until next time, have a happy day. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at averyrich.com.